Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show. If you have been tuning in the last few days, we have been going through essentially 50 of some of the most difficult theological questions out there today, or popular ones. Popular, I would say popular, not necessarily difficult, but sure. popular. Yeah. Um, so if you've missed any of those, just subscribe to our podcast, The Gospel for Life. Jonathan is still waiting to give the prize to the 10th subscriber. Oh, I gave that out while you were gone. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, okay. <laughs> So we are on question. Um, by the way, does this kind of remind you of like the Bible Answer Man broadcast? You guys ever listen to that? <laughs> yeah, he was far yeah. smarter than I. Yeah, yes, I was, well, you took the words right out of my mouth. It does remind me of Bible Answer. We can be the Answer Bible Man, Answer Boys, except except we're, we're, it takes four of us to to be to match the one. Can you guys no. repeat that? Russ wasn't even listening. He was like texting on his phone or something. I'm sorry, what, what, you was doing? That, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> where where am I at? Uh, yeah, exactly. So we are on question number nine. It is this. Do you know they don't care what question we're on? Right? I'm doing that for our oh, sake. Okay, okay. very good. Because <laughs> I know that some of you older gentlemen in the room get lost on the page really easily. So we printed it in big, bold letters. <laughs> where are we so again? I won't mention any names. <laughs> All right, question number nine. In Numbers 14... It appears that Moses changed the mind of God. How can you explain this? So let me give a little bit of context. Um, God is angry at the children of Israel because they rebelled against him again. And he tells Moses, I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. Then Moses intercedes asks God to pardon the people. Um, and then God in verse 20 says, I have pardoned according to your word. So how how do we reconcile this? Because uh, other scriptures say that God does not change his mind. God does not change. Yeah, and I'm just going to add add to the challenge, the biblical challenge of it, that Moses, his approach in prayer is to... Um, tell God, look, you know, the Egyptians are going to hear about this and they're going to gloat. And uh, it's almost as if he's provoking God to... um, Jealousy isn't quite the right word, but uh, in fact, I don't know the word that I'm looking for. But he, but he deliberately says... Your your glory is going to suffer, God. Your glory is going to suffer. You're going to look bad. Yep. And those Egyptians over whom you won a victory, they're going to gloat. It almost looks like it's a very superficial fleshly reading. Yes. That God is having a temper tantrum, and then Moses talks him out of it. And then God says, okay, I won't, 
I will. I pardon the people. Yes, that's that. That's not, not what not happens. Not trying to be irreverent. But, I'm just. I'm just. But it right. could be. It could be read that way. Yep. Yes. I think that uh, one of the things that when we think about God's repentance, uh, that we have to contemplate. It's the same thing, for instance, in the book of Jonah. Uh, yet three days and Nineveh is going to be destroyed, right? Jonah goes there to, to do that. Well, what happens is the people in Nineveh repent in sackcloth, ashes, and everything. And then, uh, you know, God doesn't destroy Nineveh. Jonah's upset, actually. And he said, uh, he, he's upset. And, and, and the, his problem is, is that God did this. He he's he's uh, he agonizes over the fact that that God has relented and you know the, what's what has changed. God hasn't changed. The people changed. They responded to the message. That's where we we see the quote unquote repentance of of God is that He doesn't do what He says He will do because they've responded to the message that He's given. The change is on our part. The change is on the people's part. Um, and, and his attitude toward them is different than it, because of that change. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's also here uh, perhaps another, another uh, one more, and this happens over and over again throughout Scripture, uh, that God humbles himself to our level. To communicate with us, it is. It is as Calvin says, God's baby talk. I, that's right where I was going. That, that, <laughs> Thank that, you. That, that, that God, that God uses baby talk. Yeah, I mean, He has to communicate to us. You know, He, you know, He has to communicate in a language that we mm-hmm. understand. You know, this was I mentioned Jonah. This was his problem. He says, uh, you know. I knew that you were a gracious God and a merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. That's why I ran to Tarshish, as he's telling Mm -hmm. God. He knew that if the people repented, God wouldn't do, wouldn't destroy them. He had sent them with that message that he was going to destroy, but it always includes this aspect that he would not if people respond. I would say that we experience this in our own life, even with our own children. We talk about it, it appears like we've changed. And to our children, sometimes they get upset, like you said this and then this. Uh, well, it's because they don't always understand all of the aspects of the conversation. And so it appears as if we've changed when we have stayed constant in the, in the conversation, but they are just interpreting it through how they're experiencing it. Especially if they have a sibling. He got away with this. (laughs) No, he didn't. (laughs) But we use this kind of language just in our everyday life. We we still, as sophisticated, intelligent people, still talk about the sunrise and the sunset. Well, the sun doesn't rise or set. Right. But that's what it appears to us. So we use language to accommodate how we experience the moment. Yeah. And I, I think we just need to understand that there are times in Scripture that God accommodates us by using scripture to describe how we experience those moments, um, not getting into the the nuts and bolts of the reality of, you know, how it was, but how it was experienced. Yeah. And on a theological level, so we, we set up the, the problem by saying God never changes. So on a theological level, we talk about God's revealed will and his secret will. God's secret will 
up to this point was that he was going to tell Moses this and Moses was going to intercede. That was his ordination. And then God was going to respond the way that he did. Why was that God's secret will? Because this is a picture of the gospel. Moses is a type and a figure of Christ. God is angry at people. An intercessor needs to come in and intercede for the sake of the people. And then God, quote unquote, relents. That's, that's Jesus in the old, that's Jesus. That's exactly what happened in the gospel. Yep. Okay, so uh, let's go to our second question today. We're ahead of time, brothers. Um, this, we're doing good today. <laughs> now that you stopped to say all that, now we're back and behind. <laughs> question number 10. Can you repent at the moment of death and still have the same salvation as someone who's been a Christian for many years? Why take the chance? <laughs> I mean, that question really begs the question, do you know when you're going to die? And none of us know when we're going to die. It says it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. So mm-hmm. there's a, you know, I mean, the same thing is, can I repent before the Lord returns? Well, you don't, you know, you're either, you're going to meet him in this life, whether he's going to return suddenly and imminently tonight or in an hour that you think not, or you're going to see him, you know, in, in death. So yes, it's never too late to repent, but after death, it certainly is, because that fixes your destiny. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, what every, with this question, if you know your Bible, everybody's mind goes to the thief on the cross who repented and turned toward Christ and didn't make an elaborate theological declaration of faith. He, he just said, <laughs> remember, remember me. me, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And uh, which was an acknowledgement of the authority of Christ, mm-hmm. which was an acknowledgement that you're the king. Well, it's just that, that Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. In other words, that was enough. That, that turn at that moment with death, mm-hmm. you know, just a few breaths away, Jesus received him and, and said, you'll be with me in paradise. You will be saved. Jesus addresses this actually in, in Matthew 20 head on in uh, the, parable the parable of the laborers in, mm-hmm. the, in the vineyard. And yes. So the answer to this is, is kind of yes and no. Um, so if you're talking about your, your salvation, what you will receive um, with regard to eternal um, salvation, yes, it's the same. However, it's no in the fact that... Um, the thief on the cross got an eternity with Christ, but he wasted an entire life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and his rewards will look different. His rewards will look different. Um, there is a, 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 a benefit even on this side of salvation, or this side of eternity, that you get the reward of, or the satisfaction and the joy of spending an, a lifetime in union and communion with Christ. Um, those that have the last-minute conversion have a lifetime of sorrow um, mm-hmm. and regret and a life of scars. That's right. Um, so the sooner somebody puts their trust in Jesus Christ alone for their salvation, um, better. the better. So yeah. I want to elaborate on something Jonathan said. Um, you said, why take the chance? And I, I do think there are people who are listening who might kind of have that opinion like i'm going to kind of sow my oats and you know on that last day so the question is is ask this can you repent at the moment of death this is the way i would answer it no and yes 
you're actually assuming that you have the power of repentance in yourself. Exactly. That is yeah. not what the Bible teaches. Yes, no. The Bible says that we are to pray for our opponents, and God may grant them repentance that would yeah. free them from it, it the snare a, of the devil. A, repentance is a gift that God gives. Yeah, even, even if you're not in the moment of death, nobody can repent of their sins without the Holy Spirit giving them life and power. That's yeah. that's a good that's an excellent point, uh, although that doesn't keep any one of us from you know like uh, just this past year I visited a, I got a call from somebody in Kansas asking me if they I would visit their father that was dying in the hospital and I was able to go up and uh, you know the the result was they 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 called me to tell me that they believed that their father had received the Lord and and died in faith. And they were thankful that he had that peace in death that he wouldn't otherwise have. Mm. But there's, but that was because, um, you know, God answered the prayers of His people. That yes. was because God uh, did that work of regeneration in that man's heart. Um, the seed was planted. Others may have watered it, but God alone can give that increase. Yeah, yeah, and, and thank you for. Um, Pointing that out, Josh, and that is certainly true. And, my, and just my experiential observation has been that we often think that impending death would soften someone's heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my limited observation exactly. is that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone's heart is hardened against God, the, the bitterness may only increase as I, death I, approaches. And that's why the scripture says, today is the day today of salvation. Is the day if of you're salvation. hearing the call of God today, repent of your sins. Well, we, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope that these shows have been edifying to you. If you've missed any of the questions that we've asked, just go to The Gospel for Life, wherever you subscribe for your podcast, and you can subscribe. We'll see you next time. 